Hey everybody, welcome back to Q-Tips. We are the Video Store Junkies and we are back for a super special episode of Q-Tips. That's right, this is our 100th episode of Q-Tips. It's crazy. Am I the only one celebrating here? This is sad. I agree, yeah. <laughs> I said yay. Woo! Oh, okay. See, that was yay. Everyone take a moment to cheer. I'll edit that in. <laughs> yay! Huzzah! Yay! Yeah, it's our 100th episode of Q-Tips, and so we're going to do things a little bit differently today. We are going to recommend our favorite recommendations that someone else has recommended. How many recommendations have we done? What's on the on the spreadsheet? That's a really good question. Oh, yeah. Uh, according to this, we've done 711 recommendations, although I think some yeah. of them are duplicates. But Well, yeah, I um, think 20 of them are for Frankenstein Island. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, some of them are just from, from Bill uh, forgetting the things that he's recommended. But, um, yeah, it's probably, I'd say a good, a good 650 of these are uh, original recommendations that we've made over the, the past uh Two years, two and a half years, apparently. We started in February of 2021. You guys remember 2021? Wow. How do I? It's it's all a blur. Wait, what year is it now? It's 2021. Do I have a big bushy beard? (laughs) I I, I don't know if this is audio, Bill. We can't tell. (laughs) (laughs) So we are going to start this off by covering our very favorite recommendations from Paul. So I will start this off by handing it over to Bill. Oh, well, thank you. Well, you know, so Paul's an interesting character. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a good guy, a family man, seems normal, has terrible taste in movies. And this is me talking. <laughs> I mean, I'm usually the one people are like, Paul, Bill's a great guy, but terrible taste in movies and like no 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 i'm vincent canby from the new york times compared to paul um but that being said if it isn't about you know sex-filled turkey puppet movies um <laughs> generally he's he's you know when he finds something you know willing to trust him willing to give it a chance and everything so um when i was looking for some stuff to watch recently up in new york i remember that paul had uh, recommended I'm thinking of ending things. So I figured I'd give it a try. However, um, also, I've got a memory like a sieve at this point. So I totally forgot that it was called I'm thinking of ending things. And I remembered it as I'm not okay with this. And they do, you know, <laughs> which, yeah, okay, they're both, uh, they're both titles that sort of, you know, uh, indicate, you know, you got a friend, that friend who always vague books on Facebook and you're kind of concerned, but you don't want to get sucked into it. But anyway, that's what I remembered. So I started watching this show. I'm not okay with this. And it's really, really good, even though it's on Netflix and Netflix. And and this, you remember these words, Netflix sucks. They really, really do. It's, it's, um, it's got some of the kids from, um, uh, what was the one with, um, it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the new age. So it's about a young girl. Uh, she's at that awkward stage. She's kind of confused about life and her sexuality and her dad committed suicide. And, okay, life is not good for this kid. Oh, and she's developing superpowers. So this is one of those kind of deconstructionist uh, super 
hero movies, which I normally don't like. It's it's a series, actually. But it's really good. She's got a best friend. She's got this girl that she's crushing on who's, like, dating a jock. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of angst and teenage stuff. But the kids are actually pretty good representations of actual young people, not wish fulfillment on the part of the writers. And it's got a kick-ass cliffhanger ending. And you better like it because that's where it ends. Netflix, after uh, renewing it (laughs) and getting everyone's hopes up, because when you get to that ending, you're like, I cannot wait for season two. Well, yes, you can, and you'd better because there ain't no season two. They decided to cancel it because of Netflix's previously mentioned suckiness. This is this is an obscenity that they left it where it is. I mean, it does tell a complete story. I'm not trying to make people not want to see it. You know, I'm not going to watch something if it leaves in the middle. No, it tells a complete story. But come on, folks, there's a lot more left to go. And they've set it up, and you really want to know what happens to these characters. You're invested at this point. There ought to be a federal law that once they've invested us in something, you know, I don't know how exactly this would work, but like, you know... We should have found out what happened to the folks on Gilligan's Island. You know, once you've run for five seasons, there has to be a final episode. I don't care if everyone dies from uh, dysentery. Just something. So end it so that I'm not left hanging here, you know? Yeah, I know the Globetrotters showed up later. That's a TV <laughs> movie. Doesn't count. Um, seriously, this is really good. Really, really good. And, um, oh, well, I, you know, it's it's been a couple years now. I, I think they also use the excuse of COVID. Oh, God, everyone. COVID this, COVID that. They, they couldn't make this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. No one knows how their ratings work. Nobody knows why they do the things they do, but they, they just suck. They just suck. So um, anyway, thanks, Paul, for, um, you know, completely confusing me. And otherwise, I probably wouldn't have watched this. But I, re- I vaguely remembered you recommending it, which, in fact, you did not do. But if you haven't seen it, I do recommend that you see it. So, And that would give kind of a uh, an elliptical sort of uh, thing to this entire, um, yeah. So there you go. I'm, I'm not okay with this. Also, hey, go watch I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which Paul recommended and is probably also pretty good, but is not about budding lesbians with psychic powers. I don't I, I don't think so. I, I don't remember that. It may well be. Oh, I'll throw it to Zach. Um I love how I love how you've immediately Renee had this format, uh she explained the rules to us. And then you immediately subverted it. Well, hey, listen, uh, if, if Renee that- if Renee oh. makes the mistake of coming up with a good plan and then throwing it to me first, she that's deserves true. everything that happens. <laughs> that's 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 true. Uh, it really was a beautiful journey, though. I well, appreciate thank you. it. Thank you. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to recommend something that Paul actually did recommend, um, <laughs> and this is a this is a movie that we've talked about repeatedly. Uh, I think we've actually recommended it a few times, but it, I think it is an important film. Because it's really like, if you want to understand the personalities on this podcast, uh, I think <laughs> you just need, I think this is a movie that you just need to watch and you'll kind of like uh, <laughs> grasp the entirety of, of Paul's being. Um, this is, I, I will note, this is a, a movie that has, uh, we, we have a whole spreadsheet where we track all the things that we've recommended. And I think it was Renee that uh, there's a notes section and she just put sigh in the notes section. In all caps. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the movie I'm talking about is, of course, the 1983 classic 
uh, starring Jackie Vernon as a uh, microwave Yay! serial killer. <laughs> I'm talking about Microwave Massacre. Uh, this one's on Tubi, Night Flight, and uh, most importantly, the Arrow Player, which everyone should subscribe to uh, mm-hmm. for this and other classics. Uh, so yeah, this is a movie about a guy who uh, murders his wife and cooks her in the microwave. <laughs> and uh, I, I, if I remember correctly, then he starts killing other people. Um, this is a movie that's worth watching. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say this is worth watching. I've seen it once. Um, <laughs> it's worth watching because it's just so utterly insane. Uh, there are so many things that are just like there's this. Uh, and, and I'm kind of going off of memory. I watched it like three years ago. Um, if I remember correctly, there's like a whole sequence of like cutaway scenes that are in like uh, a construction site with a woman that's like scantily clad yeah, yep. it has nothing like to do with the, the plot <laughs> yeah i think yeah. it's the opening yeah. yeah i don't know um i just remember being like very confused at uh how horrible it was and uh and then that, that was before paul had ever mentioned it uh this is i think i watched it like right before this we started doing this uh these uh episodes uh these installments of this podcast so um yeah microwave Ma- massacre it is truly one of the most bizarre films ever made uh just because it, it, it genuinely feels like almost like scene to scene. Sometimes they were just making it up as they were going along, which I'm sure they probably were. Mm. were. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's my pick uh, <laughs> out of Paul's backlog. <laughs> and uh, speaking of making it up as we're going along, uh, I guess I'll pass it over to Renee. When I first looked at this list and we kind of came up with this idea, I thought, Oh Jesus, what have I done? This is going to take forever. But then as I started kind of looking through the list, there were certain things that really just jumped out at me and they became very obvious that these were the selections that I was going to make. This is just a, it's obviously it's a classic. It is just a riveting, thrilling, uh, intriguing crime drama. It's full of mystery and suspense and the scenic canals of Amsterdam. That's right. Yay. It's Amsterdam. <laughs> I uh, I kind of really love this movie. It's just um, it's just kind of great and like weird and funny, but like serious at the same time. And it's got the uh, incomparable and multi talented Hugh Stoppel, and he's really great in this. The girl that plays his daughter is great. They're really funny together, and it's just. I just love this movie, and uh, it's Amsterdam. And by the way, it's, it is available on Tubi if you want to watch it. So, Paul, do you have a favorite recommendation that you made? This one actually is tied to Bill because oh. uh, one of the scripts Bill wrote, I was reading oh, it for God. a movie we were doing, and when I got to saw that he had included one of these in here, I was I was... As I do, I was walking around <laughs> oh, okay. a parking lot reading at lunch, because that's what I do, because I'm a lunatic. And... Uh, um, and when I got this, I just cheered in this church parking lot, so excited, because he included a reference to Master of the Flying Guillotine from yes. 1976, currently playing on Tubi, Pluto, and Plex. And this is, like the it, I think it was what it was originally called, wasn't it, the One-Arm Boxer versus the Master yeah. of the Flying Guillotine? And it was part of the One-Arm Boxer series. It is just one of the most fantastic mid-'70s, martial arts films you'll see it's got the standard you know martial arts tournament that people are going to have but it has got just 
some amazing set pieces. And of course, the master of the flying guillotine, who's essentially the bad guy, has this device that's a flying guillotine that was like, it was like kind of frisbee, lands on your head, drops down, makes a little hat that covers your whole face, and he pulls your head right off. Fantastic stuff. I love this film. And like I said, when, when I saw that Bill was had written this into a film we were doing, I was ecstatic. And so Master of the Flying Guillotine on Tubi, Pluto, and Plex. Even if you're not a martial arts fan, you got to watch this. This one is so much fun. And speaking of that, this, I'll pass this back to Renee so she can pass off to <laughs> one of us for what are the next... Uh, Next victim, as it were. I All right. I like it. So I think that next we should discuss our favorite recommendations from Zachary. Bill, what is, Bill, what is your favorite recommendation from Zachary? So Zach, Zach is probably, I think, the one who is most like me. Oh, God help him. In terms of like <laughs> movie stuff you know i feel you know we probably like some of the, some of the same things he's like yeah I, I don't know i don't know he's mm-hmm. he's like a padawan you know it's it's been it's been so nice watching him grow and um, yeah go on in the world that crazy guy um you know and and you know that movie that movie that uh, paul was talking about with the flying guillotine if you manage to track it down not only do you get a flying guillotine which is reason enough to rent buy steal any movie at all you also get to see a performance by Zach. Oh, but not just by Zach. Also by me. Paul, but not just by me. Also by Paul. You know, here's your opportunity to, you know, after we've been mocking the movies that you love and, you know, talk about how wretched the acting is, here's your chance for a little bit of payback. You know, watch this film and then send us a letter. It's like, you ain't so great either. Like, tell us something we don't already know. <laughs> But that's a few brains more summer of blood. Good luck tracking it down. But yeah, okay. You can find it on YouTube. I was going to say, you can find the entirety of that film on YouTube. God, these people should be, should be staked. <laughs> they should be staked to a fire ant colony. You know, it's like, uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? At least it's being seen. So there that's you right. go. That's right. And I'll yeah, bet the reviews. I'll bet the reviews are real gentle too, because I made the mistake of going to. <laughs> they put fistful of brains up there, and the reviews were some of the most. I I don't know who who hurt these people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, they should have just stopped watching after the first ten minutes. They 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 wasn't going to get any better. But uh, no, they stuck it through to the end, and then just got vicious. Just pounding on the keyboards about how much they hated every everyone who was involved with it, and like, well, okay. Well, it did make me want to make more, so there you go. Well, anyway, enough of this. Um, Zach's got a lot of really good recommendations, but he, he did one that I, I cursed his name because I thought, one, that no no one had knew about it, and two, I'd be the first to, to recommend this and expose its brilliance to the world. Mm-hmm. It's Kioma. Because mm. I love spaghetti oh westerns. Oh, my God. Yes, I really, really <laughs> do love spaghetti westerns. And this one... This one is real spaghetti western. This one should come with an organ grinder named Giuseppe and a little monkey. Uh, it, it is, it's so spaghetti western. It's got all the cliches, you know. It's like they didn't have much of a budget, but they knew where to put the camera. And they just, they place the camera set. There's lots of shit in front of the camera. Things moving back and forth. Every camera angle. I love composition in movies. And the spaghetti westerns, because they didn't have much else, knew how to do that. 
there's no, you're not going to just stick the camera there and watch a horse go by. It's like, uh, it's behind a bucket and there's, you know, uh, a prostitute in the background and here's a spinning wheel and an eclipse. Ah, just all kinds of good stuff. So Kioma's great. It's a revenge flick. Uh, Kioma comes into town and there's bad guys and they're bad and <laughs> all kinds of bad stuff happens. But the thing about Kioma. That, that elevates it above not just all other spaghetti westerns, but really all other films is the soundtrack. And <laughs> <laughs> the prop, the problem with, the problem with Zach's review and my enthusiastic agreement with his review is that, you know, it's one thing to just say that this soundtrack sounds like, and I think I probably already made this, you know, metaphor. It sounds like they kidnapped, um, Joan Baez and a Mongolian throat singer. <laughs> <laughs> put them in two separate rooms and gave them lyrics to a song that they didn't know the melody of, recorded at gunpoint, uh, they're singing this stuff, and then took them together and mixed them. Hmm. And that's a perfect description. But just saying that doesn't really work. So I don't know if this is going to work or not, but I have a separate computer here, and I'm going to just play a uh, short <laughs> bit of, uh, I think this is the theme song to Kioma, but... Most most music, it's like, uh-oh, there's a bad guy. He's about to come. Minor key, dun-dun-dun. Or, you know, ah, ah, someone, the monster just jumped out at you. Shock. Okay, now, Kioma, these, these people who are just insane are singing what's happening as you're watching it or what the characters are thinking. It's absolute madness. So here's a little bit of the soundtrack to Kioma. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like something you, from the characters in what we do in the shadows would do? Yes. Yeah. You know that there's Naja and her and her husband singing together. It's. It's it absolute. Is. It is okay. So I'm just saying, get the soundtrack to this because they did sell it. And maybe you haven't seen your neighbors for a while, and you're a little <laughs> concerned that something might have happened to them. Put the speakers up against the window. Play any of the tracks from Kioma at the maximum amount of volume, and I guarantee they will be pounding on your door real soon, and that'll that'll solve that mystery. So uh, thanks, Zach. Thanks for bringing that up. I don't even know if I would have thought of Kioma, but now, now that once you've awakened it in my mind, I got to go revisit that <laughs> film every now and again. It's just, it's absolutely the best. And uh, I wonder, I wonder I do, what did Paul pick for a Zach review? Why, thank you, Bill. So Zach often will come up with, well, I, I, I've never been like, I don't watch series that often. And mm. so a lot of times they kind of slip by and I, I miss them. But I know Zach recommends a lot of series and I know if he recommends it, it's going to be good. And I know I'm going to like it. And uh, the one series that he, that one of the series that he, he recommended that I really just kind of discovered and from him and liked is evil playing on Paramount plus there's a uh, three seasons. I think they've been renewed for fourth and you have a, uh, a initially skeptical, a uh, forensic psychologist played by uh, Katja Herbers. You have a, a 
Catholic, I guess, seminarian. He's a priest in training, played by Mike Coulter. And you have this tech guy who's very skeptical, played by Asif Mandvi, I believe is his name. Um, and it's essentially, they, they are investigating potentially supernatural things for the Catholic Church. It's sort of a, uh, it's sort of very X-Files-esque, at least it kind of gives me that feeling. And what's neat is at least in the initial season, sometimes there's some questions about whether it's supernatural or not. Later, that kind of goes away. Um, there's definitely some drama in there. It's very funny. It's very creepy. There's some really creepy things in there. Oh, where's it playing, Paul? That, that makes sense. Um, it's currently playing on Paramount Plus, which is where it kind of lives. Um, there's a bunch of great people that show up, and Andrea Martin has a, a fairly regular role as a nun, and she's amazing in it. Uh, Christine Lottie is, uh, plays Katja Hubbard's m mom. Uh, you've got Michael Emerson, who is so wonderfully evil, if I were to say, as uh, mm -hmm. Leland Townsend, their sort of uh, rival, as it were. You've got uh, just a bunch of people show up in it. Kurt Fuller, who who you know fa lo who's a, a favorite of the Camp Podcast, is uh, I can't say our, our podcast is a favorite of his, but uh, um, hopefully, <laughs> Kurt, are you there? If so, please I'm working respond. On it. He won't he yeah. won't respond to my emails, but oh. <laughs> so he, he's got a. a, a a restraining order against us now, but uh, he's he plays a he plays Catch uh, um, Herber's psychiatrist. Um, it's it's just a great series. It's super super fun. It's creepy. It's got a, a really fun kind of sense of humor about it. Um, her she has I can't remember how many kids she has. It's like four or five girls. I, I lose track. But what's neat is they're like real kids. They just talk over each other. Now that might drive you crazy the scenes they're in there, but to me. That's the most fun because they actually feel kind of real. But, um, yeah, it's a great series. Some neat special effects, some neat costumes and, and creatures. and uh, Well worth watching. And, again, any time Zach recommends a, a series, I'm like, okay, i got to put that on my list. But I actually don't just put it on my list. I make sure I try to actually watch it. And Evil was pretty fantastic. So, again, it's Evil on Paramount+. Plus. And talking about somebody who is certainly not evil... I'll pass this to Renee. <laughs> Thank you. Well, this is kind of amazing because it has taken exactly 100 episodes for this to happen. <laughs> I, too, was uh, picked evil. Oh. It's wow. just a really great series. And I, I, too, will. I tend to not watch series. And so it's the same way where it's, I would be more inclined to grab something based on Zach's recommendation uh just because I tend to not pay too much attention to those. So it really is great. But I had uh, two other movies that I was going to give a little tiny shout out to. So instead, I will defer to these. Um, <laughs> yes, because I, I was having a real struggle. And I decided that since I couldn't decide between these two, I would go in a completely different direction. Um, these movies are The Burning and The Final Terror. Mm. Both of these are available on Tubi, by the way. Just it's look, I didn't pick them because they were on Tubi. I picked them because they're great and they just happen to be on Tubi. They're both <laughs> really great. They both have these young kids that are being uh, stalked and murdered in the woods. And that is one of my favorite premises of movies. And they're just really great. It was hard for me to decide which one I liked more. They are just kind of they're different enough on their own, obviously that they they stand up on their own. They both have really great casts too. 
in the burning, you've got, you know, Jason Alexander and uh, Fisher Stevens and Holly Hunter and a few other people. But then you've got the final terror and you've got Daryl Hannah and Joey Pants and Adrian <laughs> Zamed. I love Adrian Zamed. So I couldn't decide, honestly. They're just really, they're just great movies and I like them a lot. And Oh, and also I meant to say that all of my suggestions are things that I had not previously heard of. So I thank hmm. you because I, I may not have seen these if not uh, for you. So thanks to Paul for Amsterdam and thanks to Zach for uh, Evil and the Burning and The Final Terror. So Zach, what is what is your favorite recommendation that you made? Uh, uh, it's, it's hard, Renee, because I think every single one of them has been basically uh, uh, a perfect shot, a 100 Always. out of 100. Always, um, yeah. no, no, <laughs> no, no duds on my list. Um, <laughs> the, the one that I think I would pick above, above everything else, uh, partially because I haven't talked about it in a while, but partly just because it's a movie that I watched uh, probably about three-ish years ago for the first time, and it's kind of stuck with me ever since, uh, which you know doesn't happen a whole lot. Uh, so this movie, it's about, uh, it's a very, very scenic uh, movie set in the 1900s about a, uh, a group of young women from a girl's school who go out for a nice picnic. And mm-hmm. uh, a couple of them wander off and go missing. And the, the rest of the movie is about kind of the search for them. Uh, that might not sound like, that might sound just like a, a normal drama. That might not sound like the setup for a horror film. Uh, and this is not necessarily presented as a horror film. The movie that I'm talking about is Picnic at Hanging Rock, uh, an early film by Peter Weir. Uh, but it is, uh, I think the thing that's really stuck with me is it actually is extremely terrifying because there's this weird, uh, pervasive, underlying sense of dread to it. And I think that that's one of my favorite types of horror. Uh, you never see anything. There's nothing... Um, you know, there's some things are barely hinted at, but you never like you never see anything scary. Uh, there's no gore. There's no violence. Um, but there's just, just this pervasive sense of dread. And I think that's what's kind of uh, stuck with me for uh, since I've watched it. It's one of those movies uh, I've been meaning to watch it again. Uh, so, hey, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll watch it this weekend. Uh, it's on HBO Max and the Criterion channel. Um, and, yeah, it's just it's just a great movie. It's uh, it's one of those things that. I don't know. It's it's stuck with me for for a long time. Um, I also wanted to mention just really quick one other movie I wanted to recommend because it's something that uh, is uh, it only comes and goes, um, but it's a movie that I, uh, I I watched a couple years ago and I really enjoyed. And this is a an actual horror movie, a straight up horror movie. Uh, it's playing on Shutter, Night Flight, and Directv right now. The name of the film is The Living Dead at Manchester Morgue, Ooh, and it yes. is a great yeah, British uh, zombie film. Uh, came out uh, between Night and uh, Dawn of the Dead, so it's kind of like a interstitial. Uh, zombies were a thing, but uh, they they uh, you know the Dawn had not come out, so uh, they he I think the this film was kind of going off of um, some of the rules that were established in Night. Uh, really, just I don't know, really well made film. Uh, you know, I guess uh, this kind of kind of goes along with the uh, with Kiyoma in the sense that. The uh, it's a lot of the uh, the cinematography is just really good, um, but yeah, it's just a fun zombie film. This is one that I had not seen. I think I had kind of heard of it, uh, but uh, yeah. So that's my other my other quick recommendation. 
uh, Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. Now, it, I just want to say that uh, that is available sometimes under a lot of different titles. But is it is it back to Living Dead at Manchester Morgue? Yeah, I think I think that's the pop. That's now the the like Good. the uh, whoever has the rights to it. That's the the title they've gone with. So. Yeah, they for a while it was like "Don't open the window" or some really stupid <laughs> generic uh, title. But yeah, it's excellent. I'm not okay with this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so thrilled that it actually was a show. Mm-hmm. Oh god! So uh, you know, something I didn't realize when we first thought about this idea is that you guys would be picking things that I recommended, and now I'm very scared. So. Ooh. On that note, I, let's go ahead and get started with you, Bill. What is your favorite recommendation that I have made? I This is another one where you recommended something that I was totally preparing to recommend because, <gasps> yes, because I loved it so much. And, and as you know, right now, as, as we're saying this, and probably for some considerable length of time afterwards, uh, there's a big strike going on in Hollywood. Um there's there's a lot of a lot of good reasons why they're going on strike, and I wish them well. Uh, one of the things is the whole idea of uh, artificial intelligence writing and starring and basically doing everything um, except produce, which is the one thing I probably could actually do. Run a studio, actually. Artificial <laughs> intelligence would be a great studio runner because it doesn't require a whole lot of uh, artificial intelligence. Um, and I, you know, they they want to make sure that they can't just like let chat gpt write scripts but you know if you watch the sci-fi channel you get the feeling that that ship has already sailed because you know if you've watched one giant monster slapping around another giant monster while a bunch of people who used to be big but now you really thought they were dead and you're you're glad they're not i mean i don't, I don't begrudge <laughs> tiffany anything but i haven't thought about her in years and there she is Going against Piranaconda versus Mecha Mosquito or something. <laughs> These things, uh, they read like they were written by... If you go go right now, go to ChatGPT and write. Just make up a couple of monsters, giant monsters, and ask it to write the script for ver- this versus that. And you will come up with something every bit as good and maybe better than the things there. So... Yeah, the, my absolute least favorite. I mean, even when I was a kid, I don't think I would have enjoyed this crap. I grew up with Attack of the Crab Monsters, which is a stupid-ass movie, but it has integrity, um, which these don't have. And then along comes Big Ass Spider. Oh! I'm so happy <laughs> this, now. This movie, this movie had no reason to be good. It's called Big Ass Spider. It ends with an exclamation point, usually the, the, the pure, sure sign of absolute awfulness. And, um, it's about a giant spider, uh, escapes from the military lab, of course, rampages across Los Angeles, and, uh, there's an exterminator and his best friend. Uh, they have to kill the creature before everyone, including Lloyd Kaufman, gets killed. <laughs> so I, the, the way I think this works is they just they just go and they say, "Hey, we need a movie. Uh, we got we got some uh, people in Czechoslovakia who work cheap, and they'll make us a big ass spider. Uh, so make a movie, and it's got to be about ninety minutes long, and that's all we really care about. Make it ninety minutes long, and most most of these filmmakers just make a crap movie, 
because they've been paid and they, they just deliver it. It's just work for hire. They're like cafeteria workers. They don't care if their mashed potatoes are good. But not the folks who make Big Ass Spider. They took this opportunity and they ran with it. Oh my God, we're going to make a movie that people are going to see? I want something I can be proud of. And, and by God, they did it. It's fun. You know, and it's simple. The characters are engaging. They're likable. I want them to win. Um, it's it's aware of its own ridiculousness, but it doesn't embrace it and, you know, wink at the audience like a Sharknado movie does. You know, hey, we know this is stupid. It's intentionally dumb. No, no. They're, they're making a movie about a giant spider and they're going to do the best they can with it. And you know what? It's just as easy to write good dialogue as bad dialogue. I believe this to be true, although all evidence tells me I'm wrong. Support this film. Support films like this. Movies that uh, are better than they have any reason to be. And if we support that, maybe we'll get more of them. So uh, thank you, Renee, for recommending this. It's it's exactly the kind of thing we need more of. Yay! And I will throw this to um, someone else we need more of. Zach. There's not enough Zach in the world. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've been... Uh... I've been telling my my managers that they need to put me out there more, but uh, for some reason, mm. uh, they've blocked my email. So, anyways, um, <laughs> I'm going to go all the way back to uh, our third episode we ever recorded uh, because the movie I'm going to recommend is a movie that when Renee recommended it, I was like, "Oh yeah, I haven't seen that in a long time. I got to watch that." Uh, that was uh, two and a half years ago. I still haven't rewatched it. Love it. But I, I know in my heart that it is an amazing <laughs> film. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, listen to this episode. If I don't remember, I'm going to listen to this episode and remind myself again to rewatch this movie. Uh, I am, of course, talking about another uh, Australian film, uh, Brian Trenchard Smith's 1986 classic Dead End Drive-In Mm. Uh, this one's yeah. a uh, uh, Renee. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it's a a near future, uh, kind of similar to Mad Max in the sense that uh, society mm-hmm. is breaking down. But instead of being set uh, on the on the lawless roads of Australia, it is set in a lawless drive-in of Australia because the <laughs> government the government has basically decided to start taking all of the uh, the pores as it is. I believe the the uh, hook is you go to this drive-in. And if you're if you're poor, you can actually get in for free. But the, the what they don't tell you is that they don't let you back out. So it basically becomes like an internment camp, uh, and a bunch of weird shit happens. Of course, it's a, 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 a Australian film from the '80s. Uh, so there's a bunch of crazy stuff. Uh, there's a bunch of crazy car hijinks and violence. Uh, lots of great costumes. Lots of great uh, makeup and stuff like that. Lots of crazy uh, character design. Um, but yeah, this is this is one of those movies. I it's been a long time. It had been a long time when you recommended it the first time, and now it's been even longer. But it's it's one of those movies that has uh, definitely kind of stuck with me. Like I still remember watching this. Uh, God, I remember watching this back on VHS for the first time. And be like, oh damn, that's that's a crazy movie. Um, so you mm-hmm. too can watch Dead End Drive In. Uh, we can we can all watch it this weekend. And uh, you can watch that on the Arrow Player, of course. Again, do a double feature with Microwave Massacre. Mm. Uh, or if for some reason you're not subscribed to the Arrow Player, you can also watch this on Plex, Hoopla, or the Roku channel. And uh, speaking of things that uh, crazy things from the 80s, uh, Paul, <laughs> what's your favorite pick from <laughs> Renee? Well, um, thanks, Zach. You know, uh, 
Bill mentioned, you know, giant creatures, and Renee certainly likes giant creature movies, <laughs> and and creature movies of all kind. But what's her favorite creature? Bigfoot. And so <laughs> I picked Willow Creek by Bobcat mm. Gold, Bobcat Goldwith, and it is it's a um, you know it's a pseudo documentary uh, lost you know found footage film about this couple that heads into Bigfoot country. Um, and I know some people didn't really like it because, all right, a little bit of spoilers. You don't really kind of see Bigfoot in it, but it is, uh, what's neat is like the first half is almost a, almost sort of a documentary on Bigfoot pop culture. And cause they're, they're driving through Bigfoot country and visiting all the, um, oh, what's it playing on by the way, Paul? Oh, it's playing on Peacock, Tubi, Canopy, Plex, and Freebie. But yeah, they're driving through Bigfoot country and, and talking to real people and seeing, uh, you know, all the kitschy Bigfoot stuff. And then they go off into the woods. Bad idea. Uh, and it's, it doesn't, at that point, it almost gets a, uh, uh, Blair witch feel to it. And there's what I consider an absolutely fantastic extended sequence of the two in, in their tent, uh, towards the end of it. That to me, I thought was absolutely amazing. Um, I know there's some people, like I said, who, who do not care for Bigfoot movies where you don't see much of Bigfoot, but to me, I thought this worked perfectly. And uh, so this was uh, Willow Creek. And uh, so, Renee, uh, I believe you're the last one to go. So what um, what of your films do you recommend? I mean, my top five favorite killer monster movies are Deadly Killer Sharks. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention my dearly beloved Sand Sharks! Yay! Okay, listen. This movie, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, it is it is a little bit, I think, on par with uh, Big Ass Spider. It is just, it's ridiculous, it's cheesy, it's tongue-in-cheek, but not over the top. Um, and the cast, it has Brooke Hogan, daughter of Hulk Hogan, Vanessa Ooh. Evigan, daughter of Greg Evigan, Edgar Allan Poe the Fourth. Wow. <laughs> and the wildly underrated Corin Nemec. Yay. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think he's very underrated. I think he's got a bigger range than people give him credit for. And also, he's just like a, knock on wood, just a not problematic dude. So, you know, he, he kind of seemed like a guy that stayed out of trouble and, and has continued, hopefully, to knock on wood, stay out of trouble. And, yeah, I just appreciate it. This movie is so silly, and I love it so much, and it's called Sand Sharks. So, last but not least, we have Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Save me the best till last. This, so, is, this oh. thing has already run for an hour, and we know 100% who's to blame for that. oh gosh so paul what is what is your favorite movie that bill has recommended well when when i think of bill um one of the things i think of is communism (laughs) Mm. his 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 great love of communism wait wait, oh absolutely um way to the future (laughs) well uh-oh 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 lose you (laughs) (laughs) the commies got him yeah, that's right. In Russia, internet cancel you. <laughs> um, so, so Zach, what is your favorite movie that Bill has recommended? <laughs> I would stay far away from Chernobyl or the death of Stalin. Just, just FYI. Well, well, Renee, I, I will answer that in just a moment. But, 
Before I do, I wanted to just point out that uh, I went to Edgar Allan Poe's Wikipedia page uh, to to see if it had anything about his descendants, and I scrolled down to one of the most innocuously named, but also uh, most, in, uh, I don't know, I, I guess maybe it's not troubling. It's troubling to me, but um, under C also, uh, one of the links on Wikipedia is to a list of coupled cousins. Um, oh. Anyways, <laughs> there's a, and it's quite long. Um, anyways, uh, so when I think of Bill, I mean it's it's so hard for me <laughs> to uh, pick a favorite. I mean he's he's got so many classics. I'm just going down the list. Uh, how can I choose one from uh, a list that includes Attack of the Crab Monsters, mm-hmm. Frankenstein mm-hmm. Island, uh, mm-hmm. the, the Giant Behemoth, Gorgo? I mean, God, it goes on and on. Um, However, I think I'm going to zero in on uh, one of my favorites of his. Actually, uh, I was going to – I noticed that he had recommended Barry Lyndon. I was like, ooh, yeah, Barry Lyndon. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, that is not actually streaming anywhere right now. So uh, instead, I'm going to recommend another uh, slightly less monstery film that uh, he recommended a while back. And that is Blood Simple, the uh, debut mm. feature from Joel and Ethan Cohen. Uh, this, is, uh, this is one of those movies, like, if you watch this – Back in 1984 when it came out, I feel like you could guess that these guys were going places. Uh, mm. Stars a young Francis McDormand. Uh, I, the, the, the plot is kind of convoluted, um, but intentionally so because I think kind of the point of the plot is that uh, there's there's a uh, – someone is cheating with someone else, but there's a misunderstanding and then there's murders and – um, so yeah, I'm not even going to try to explain it. It's a, it's, but it's a, it's a very, uh, it's a very, uh, Cohen-esque film. It definitely kind of gives you an idea of what was to come for them. Uh, it also has, uh, John Getz and, uh, M, uh, Emmett Walsh in it, who, by the way, M, Emmett Walsh, oh my God, this dude is still acting. This dude is like a hundred now and he's still acting. Hmm. Uh, I just saw him in something that I'll, I'll recommend next week. But anyways, uh, so yeah, Blood Simple, it's playing on, uh, Max. Uh, the streaming service formerly known as HBO Max and the Criterion Channel. Uh, great film, uh, great 80s noir uh, crime film, and a really a really interesting debut from uh, what I still think of as, you know, two of the, the best filmmakers of uh, the last 30, 40 years. So uh, that being said, uh, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'll go to uh, Paul uh, for the first time asking him what his favorite of Bill's recommendations is. Oh, actually, sorry. Before I do that, I have, yeah. I have, I have one. I have, I have one runner-up because <laughs> R- Renee, you, at one point you had left Bill in the spreadsheet, and I totally forgot about this. He didn't show up for the episode, so I filled in his. <laughs> Ah, yes. oh, I, forgot. I, I was just I was just about to talk about those. I yeah. wanted to know so, what the deal was. So, so my, my runner up for this is when he recommended humanoids from the deep to humanoid deeper. <laughs> which oh which by the way is is uh, now available on Flingo, Huku, yes. and Quato. Yeah. And, and by the way, you there's like a ninety percent chance that those are actual streaming services. So, uh, anyway, sorry, Paul. Uh, I will now actually pass it over to you. Okay. Thanks. And sorry if you were going to recommend humanoids from the deep to humanoid deeper. Oh damn it! Now I got to find a new one. 
<laughs> All right, well, let's see if I'm actually being recorded, because let me tell you, it was weird, because I could hear you guys talking for about a minute after it crapped out. Oh. As soon as you said communism, I guarantee you were being recorded. Yeah, yeah. so, as I was saying, you know, when I think of Bill, I think of communism. I'm still here. And, uh, <laughs> and his deep love of communists. And uh, the, the film he recommended was uh, The Death of Stalin, currently playing on Hulu, Tubi, Canopy, and Pluto TV. And yes, it's a comedy. It is very funny. It's uh, kind of based on the shit show that happened after when Stalin died. Um, amazing cast. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor, uh, Steve Buscemi. It's got, um, God, who else does it have it in there? Um, oh, shit, tons of people. Yeah. <laughs> it's really fun. Michael Palin. And it is, it's a fun, just bizarre shit show about, and you can just laugh and laugh and laugh at at what a shit show it was when yeah. when Stalin died. And uh I thank you, Bill, for recommending that one. <laughs> Draco's dad from Harry Potter. Oh, that's he, right. Yeah. Draco's yeah. dad is in it. He's, He's so really good. good. I'm sure he has an actual name. It's super fun because people are like, why would I want to watch this movie? It's like, oh, it's it's oh. hilarious. Um dark. Dark. Yeah. yeah, pretty damn dark. But but still hilarious. Uh and I pass the speaking of, of communists i'll pass this to renee Uh, i knew there was a reason why i liked her yeah (laughs) well this is just a beautiful moment in podcast history because my favorite recommendation from bill is once again one of my very favorite things is monsters and you know like sci-fi horror i love it and practical effects love it love it love love it and this movie has many of my favorite things it has sea monster men carnivals Vic Morrow, manual strangulation, full frontal nudity, and ventriloquist dolls. Oh! It's humanoids from the deep, the original. (laughs) Not the sequel. Not the sequel. This movie is so delightfully ridiculous and wonderful, and it's got some really, really funny gags that I just think are terribly underrated for i don't know they're just so funny and it's just ridiculous there's uh, a scene in a tent which is amazing there is a a scene on a merry-go-round which is just hilarious to me and it's just a ridiculous movie and it's humanoids from the deep and i luckily i had seen um I heard the recommendation for Humanoids from the Deep 2, and I actually watched that one first, and that's when I decided to go back and watch the original, and it was well worth it. So, on that note, Bill, what is your favorite recommendation that you have given? <laughs> well, it was going to be um, Charlie McCarthy Detective, but then I realized <laughs> I've never actually done Charlie McCarthy Detective, so that'll be a future rant. I know I've <laughs> talked about it, because how could I not? But, um, so... One of the, one of my all time favorite podcasts, besides this one and anything else I'm involved with, was uh, Gilbert Gottfried's. Gilbert Gottfried's mm. amazing colossal podcast, and and he he was a guy who had a few things that he really got obsessed by, and one of them was the immortal Bud and Lou TV movie about <laughs> Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. It is currently playing on YouTube, and that's all that it's going to play on because nobody wants this piece of crap. Even Tubi turned up their nose at Bud and Lou. And and it's one of those things where it's terrible, but boy, is it compelling. Because you, you just, you wonder, how did it go so wrong? 
You know, Abbott and Costello, one of the greatest comedy teams. They made dozens and dozens of movies. They have a really good story. It's got tears and tragedy and kids drowning in swimming pools and the IRS and all kinds of ups and downs and conflict. I mean, it's the story is there. But of course, they're both dead. And, you know, how are you, who are you going to find to take on these iconic characters that people still remember? Well, you got Buddy Hackett as Lou Costello. Okay, I could see that. He's got that physical, he's a big guy, and kind of silly, and he does funny voices and everything. And um, Harvey Corman as the straight man. And Harvey Corman was the straight man in all those great Carol Burnett skits and everything. You know, great sense of humor, but knew how. That's good casting right there. Those guys are actually capable of good performances. And something went horribly, horribly wrong. You're watching this, and, and you know, these are two comedians who rose through the ranks, who probably started in vaudeville or close to it. And it's like they've never seen an Abbott and Costello movie, ever. There's no timing. There's there's nothing there. If you, if you didn't know who Abbott and Costello were and you watched this movie, you'd be like, what the hell? Why, you know, they do the who's on first routine, which everyone has seen a thousand times and can probably do. And you can probably do it better than they did. And it just shows you something that these these old school comedians, the, the three stooges and, you know, the, these silly guys who would, who would do these routines and everything, their act was honed in the, the forge of vaudeville, standing up on stage to a bunch of surly people who were out of work and hungry and would throw what little food they had at you if you screwed up. And you learned. You learned how to get timing is everything. With with that kind of snappy repartee, if you're off by half a second, it might as well be 10 minutes. You know, it, it, it can kill a joke dead. Comedy is difficult. And boy, there is no better... Uh, example than Bud and Lou, but it's got maybe the greatest death scene ever. Yeah, oh boy, and, and and Gilbert would do it flawlessly, I might add, on his show. He must have done it a dozen times, and just I haven't even listened to every episode of his podcast, but it comes up every opportunity because he loved it. So, and you will too. So, is it terrible? Yes. Um, you can't stop watching it though. It's great. I, I love I love Bud and Lou. And there it is on YouTube. And God bless whoever uploaded it. You know, not all heroes wear capes. There's some people who really need special, the ones who are saving, because, you know, this stuff is disappearing. It really is. Like, like a lot of the media that I grew up with. I mean, I'm not from, as old as I am, I'm not from the time they stored things on nitrate film and would melt it down to get the silver back. It's just mm-hmm. that it turns out nobody recorded that many episodes of Commander USA's groovy movies, and they're gone. They're just memories. It's, yeah, all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, thank God some people did, because no one's ever playing Bud and Lou ever again on any streaming platform. And they loaded it up on YouTube and uh, downloaded it if you can. Make a hard copy. Protect all this. We're going to be like the, the people at the end of Fahrenheit 451 just muttering these things, trying to keep this media going in an oral tradition. Uh, I, I think a special Nobel Prize should be for those people. And, and I just want to end with this, the people who, when you're, you're on Facebook and there's this clickbait stuff and, and, and they show you like three-fourths of the cartoon or something, but they leave out the punchline. And then you're supposed to click on it so you can finally get to it. And nine times out of ten, it's not there. 
and the other one time out of ten, it's at the total bottom. And meanwhile, um, you know, some I'm not going to say the name, but some virus detecting program created by a lunatic tries to take over your computer. <laughs> see if you can figure out the clues there, Nancy Drew. Um, but then there are people who, when they see this, God bless them, in the second or third comment, there it is. There's the thing that they put up there that you, you're just, you know you can't, you shouldn't do it, but you click on it anyway to find They put it there, and they tell you, this is not actually in that, you know, click clickbait article, but here it is. Now you can digest your food and go on with your life. God bless every single one of you. You are you are doing the Lord's work. I love you. I will I will buy you a drink. <laughs> so there you go. Like it. <laughs> this was fun. Yeah. So does anybody <laughs> have anything else they would like to mention? Well, uh, Zach's no, probably I, watched a couple of films they'd like to recommend. I would, I would, no, I, I was hoping that uh, Paul would sing us out on the uh, theme song for Kioma. Oh. oh. <laughs> I haven't practiced my throat singing. Well, I'll do I, the I do female have, voice I, for you. I'll do that part. You do the high pitch. Yeah. You guys are welcome to take it. You're fucking up bad. Beautiful. I, I don't think I so could sad. pop that. Yeah, that's where she was pretty good. She sounded like like something from a Japanese horror movie there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so is that a so, no? I, oh, uh, no, I've got <laughs> something prepared. Because at oh, one point, well, okay. we, you know, we were kind of banding about different different formats for this. And uh, Shelly had actually suggested that what I should do is, since it's our 100th episode, uh -oh. granted, films have been around 100 years, but, eh, you know, getting 100 years back, it's a little, you know, it's like, well, you know, there's some good ones. But uh, she said, why don't you do two ones from 50 years ago, 1973? Oh. And so I had a couple prepared from 1973, and then I'm like, well, what should I do for a closing song? I said, I know. From 1973, I'll do the, the, the Tony Orlando and Dawn hit, tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. Come on, join in, folks. I'm coming home, I've done my time Now I've got to know what is and isn't mine If you've received my letter telling you I'd soon be free Then you know just what to do if you still want me If you still want me Come on, join in Tie a yellow ribbon round the old oak tree. It's been three long years. Do you still want me? Still want me? I, I, I know. If I don't see a ribbon, come on, you're like a regular Tom Hopkins. If I don't see a ribbon round the old oak tree, I'll stay on the bus. Forget about us. Put the blame on me. Somebody wants to Oh, there he goes. our 100th episode bill recommended i'm not okay with this on netflix and a few brains more summer of blood on youtube and kioma on tubi and big ass spider on prime video and bud and lou available on youtube paul recommended master of the flying guillotine on tubi evil on paramount plus willow creek on tubi the death of stalin on hulu I recommended Amsterdam, available on Tubi and Shudder. The Burning, 
available on Prime Video, The Final Terror on Shudder, and Sandsharks on Tubi, Humanoids from the Deep also on Tubi, Zachary recommended Microwave Massacre, available on the Arrow Player, Picnic at Hanging Rock on Max, Living Dead at Manchester Morgue on Shudder, Dead End Drive-In on Arrow Player, and Blood Simple on Max. I say I always wonder. I hurt my about, throat. What do you think he did <laughs> that he only got three years? <laughs> Jaywalked. Huh. Yeah. That's a good question, I guess. I don't know. I'm I'm happy to report that I'm I'm filling out the spreadsheet, and when I put humanoids from the deep in there, it tried to autocomplete with the humanoids <laughs> from the deep. Humanoid deep. <laughs> I love it. Oh, oh, oh what was so the, what was the other one? Um, um, oh, um, <laughs> magic magic four. Oh yeah, Dummy magic four dummies into hood. <laughs> <laughs> this just encourages oh, me it. not to show up. Oh. Oh, All right. Boy, I'm glad I didn't recommend those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>